2: welcome welcome to the heat beat podcast i'm your host Navis, and with me today we have producer and co-founder mr brian goins how's it going guys happy to be back we are we are good we are back we are uh, eliminated from the playoffs but it does not matter because the show must go on and in addition we have our very own hot take harry harris and citron happy to be here welcome back harry it's been a while
3: has it really been a while
2: I think so. I think you've been. I don't. I don't think you've been on many pods lately. I think it's been very Alf, Nikias, Alex heavy. So it's good to have you. Good to have you on.
3: Thank you for saying that.
2: Wow, you, you act like niceness is not a. You know, maybe because you have a dog now in the background that you're not on that. Much. I know.
3: I'm trying to mute when possible and speak when he's not barking. So doing what I can. Tell Fin to. We
4: have our
2: very own Lefty Leif Saucy Nuggets. From
4: Denver. I regret to inform you, gentlemen, that I have yet to figure out what a Denver Nuggets player looks like. But I, I'm going to keep searching. <laughs> I am okay, on the ground in Denver. reporting
2: live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he beat field work. Playful report back with what a Denver Nuggets
1: player looks like.
2: And, of course, we have our Heat Twitter president, Alf.
1: He looks like Chauncey Billups.
2: <laughs> That's good. That's a Hall yes. of Famer. Um, That's it. Boys, Pratt Riley had his press conference today. And I think for the first time in a while, I don't think Riley won the press conference. I thought it was lame. I thought he didn't say anything. I thought he rambled in the beginning about the past because he knew when he walked in there, he was walking he was walking to the podium and he's like, I got nothing. And he sat his ass down and talked about the old times and then said a bunch of nothing. And he even contradicted himself like eight times. He's like, we're not going to blow this team up, but everyone's touchable. Everyone's available. No, no, no But no, no, no. We're going to stick together. We're going to improve. But we want to improve internally more than anything. And I was like, dude, like he was so all over the place. And Leif, I know that uh, I know that that you had a lot to say about it. Like, what was your main takeaway from this presser?
4: Uh, I I think that he told the line of being extremely politically correct about every subject. Um, I don't think he said anything that was very much surprising. I think there were a few little details here and there that uh, I can pluck out that would um that are interesting to kind of mull over and think about. But overall, I think that he kind of said what we expected him to say. Uh, I think that uh, fans maybe expected him to be a little harsher on Hassan than he was. And they're taking that uh, to mean that maybe uh, he's a little gun shy to move him, or, um, you know, that there, there's just a lot of moving parts there. And, um, and, you know, he's not going to tank Hassan's value any further. Uh, He knows that there's a, you know, there's a chance he could end up back on the roster next season. so that, so there is that element where you kind of have to manage people's personalities and relationships. But ultimately, when you hear him talk about a log jam in the front court, log jam in the back court, uh, it, it's pretty clear that we need to trim this roster down, and there's moves that need to be made, but it's tough to see a path with the uh, with the current contracts that makes a ton of sense. And I think that you saw that in the way that he was answering the questions. I mean, he didn't really give us much.
1: I mean, I think uh, when you listen to him talk, it, it sounded like for the first time, like Riley didn't have a set in stone plan for the off season. Like when they asked him, do you have a plan A and a plan B? And he made a joke that plan A was just going go for the summer and coming back with the same team. Um, of course he's not going to do that but he i think he said set, he's setting us up for listen that might be the only option right he's gonna go out there he's gonna do everything he possibly can but right now with this, this summer with with what they have available that it might just be another 60 running back next year and i think they're kind of okay with that i i don't think they're gonna make a move that doesn't make sense and i also think they just don't have many moves to make which is why i think Leif is right. He's not going to torpedo anybody's value right now. I think a lot of people wanted him to come out and trash this year's roster. Like, why would you do that if you want to trade half of them? <laughs> like, he's <laughs> It's so stupid. I'm here, oh, he didn't even go after Hassan. Yeah, assholes, because he's trying to trade him. Like, why would you trash <laughs> the guy and say, hey, do you want this piece of shit? Like, no. <laughs> you build him up and say, you know, he, he, he's, he's like, he's one of the... He basically, he said he's one of the top five centers in the league. Like, like, we all know, um, I mean, if you do look at the whole of the season, it, he is maybe in the top 30%. 10? You know, yeah, well, that's 30%. Like, you know, he's top. He's a top 10 center. But, man, that playoff performance killed his value. So the only way to bring it back up is to talk nice about him in a press conference. So, like, it all makes like, – It's all we got is words. When you really think about, like, what he said, it just makes sense Like, he doesn't know for sure if he can go get Kawhi. He doesn't know if he can go after some of these top – some of these – this top talent. So he's going to put it out there like, hey, guys, I can bring back a playoff team next year just in case I can't do shit this summer. Like, there's no meetings to be had really this summer, right? There's no whale out there. There's no – there's no big – you know, there's no no big conference in New York where he's bringing in the big guns. Like, this is just – it almost is what it is, and hopefully he stumbles upon some shit. This is what
4: the the one thing uh, I thought was interesting as he did go down memory lane. And I know that I tweeted a little bit about um, some stuff like, you know, the Knicks series from back in the 90s and things like that. I think what he was kind of setting up for is, yeah, we don't have free agent meetings to go to this summer. We don't have that type of flexibility. And I think what he was trying to reiterate is the the path right now is going to be trades. He talked about uh, maybe reshuffling the deck chairs. with other teams that have like contracts, you know what I mean? Um, Things like that, maybe turning one big contract into two smaller contracts. So I think that that's the kind of stuff that they're looking at. And it's just so hard to pinpoint how that stuff's gonna go. So that's why you're hearing kind of vague messages from him. And- And I
1: I agree with you, Leif. Like you didn't hear a lot of whale hunting talk. Like it wasn't about whale hunting. What he talked about- What was the term? What was the term that he uses this time? Player uh, Transformative. Yeah, yeah, he he he. T- mostly, he was talking about trades, and I'm actually kind of I'm, I'm glad to hear that because not only does it mean he's trying to get make the team better, but he's also trying to get rid of some of this crap. And that's kind of more the Riley way. I think we all got blinded by 2010. Like big free agency signings is not what the Heat has always been about. It's always been about trades for disgruntled superstars,
2: Tr- transformative players, and you know, on that note, what else is transformative is what uh, Ethan Skolnick and Chris Whittingham are doing here on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. And by doing that, they have partnered with our new friends at X Miami. The new X Miami apartment community is the most fun and convenient place to live for modern Miami locals, right across the street from the American Airlines Arena. Looking at you, Hassan, you can move your koi fish, you can move your tank, you can be closer to the arena, get some practice in. Rents starting in the 1200s, including a huge gym two-level working spaces, epic pool deck and a lobby with a coffee shop and cocktail lounge, manage your keys, package, and thermostat using a game-changing mobile app. So, Hassan, yeah. should, should we move be, close to
1: the arena? We, to wait, wait, should we be looking for, a, for an ex-Miami further away, like in Orlando or Milwaukee? No, 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 we need, a cl- we need him to practice to raise no, his trade value, is, and while he's... want to send those, because I've seen those pictures of, the, the, of X miami like, we need to send those to Kawhi. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kawhi. Okay, Kawhi, this is exactly. for you.
2: This ex-Miami. All this stuff. You can manage your thermostat with this mobile app. So you don't even have to get up. You don't have to re-injure anything. You're chill. You're in your apartment. You don't have to work. You're across the street from the beautiful Biscayne Bay. Like you have a beautiful view. And you can you can rent an apartment furnished or unfurnished. So Kawhi, I don't know how you feel. But, you know, if you don't want to be lazy, you can buy a furnished. Or you can rent by bedroom, Kawhi. You can have a roommate with a rando in Miami. That could be a lot of fun. Learn more at xmiami.co. That's xmiami.co. And mention five reasons to get an exclusive discount at MoveIn. Kawhi, I know you're listening. You know, think about it. This is a great opportunity. They're really great over there at xmiami. So all, check that all out. All of our, li- check all out of our listeners, you
1: can find the link all over our timeline, all over, all over all of our timelines, all over the five reasons timeline. Everyone needs to add Kawhi Leonard with the xmiami link so that he looks at it and wants to move down here.
2: Oh, can we do this? Let's make this a thing. Let's all, okay. Once this show's over, we are going to add Kawhi Leonard with the xmiami.co link. And we are going to create a movement so that Kawhi can see these beautiful furnished or unfurnished apartments. Hashtag get Kawhi to Miami. Let's go. Okay, boys, we have homework assignments after the show. We're going to get Kawhi down here. Um,
5: That's
2: the transformative Kauai culture we need. Listen, ex-mi- <laughs> exmiami.co is the transformative apartments. Um. You're welcome, xMiami.co. You don't, you don't have to pay me for that. Um, but moving, moving back to the Riley stuff, um, I think you guys are right. I think a lot of it's going to be a lot of reshuffling, kind of minor moves here and there. Um, I'm kind of curious as to what you guys thought in terms of luxury tax because I kind of got a vibe of, like, I don't want to go over it, but I'm willing to go over it. Because, like, I mean, he talked about, you know, we're here to get better, we're here to get better, but we know the cap situation. And he talked about, uh, Riley talked about wanting to keep Wayne Ellington. And we know what the contract, Tyler Johnson's contract balloons, you know, uh, T- Goran goes a little up, Hassan goes a little up. So I think getting a little better might entail being a tax team. But I don't, Mickey doesn't have a history of wanting to do that unless they're contending. And even when they're contending, he's been, you know.
3: Before we uh, Before we get into tax talk, could we just, can I be that guy who says that, this is the fourth season in a row that an injury has likely derailed the heat season.
2: Which injury? Like
3: four years, four years ago. um, We, we had the Bosch blood clots. Then it happened the year after last year. We were pretty much, uh, we were, we were, we looked like we were going to ride into the playoffs and probably upset Boston and Dion goes down. And then this year Dion misses most of the season and Hassan obviously never recovered from whatever happened to him. So,
2: I mean, this season, I thought, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Hassan seemed pretty healthy. No, I mean, no obviously, no, no, man, If way. listen,
3: he's, he lost his lift. He couldn't, he couldn't get off the ground and we made fun of him for missing those nine games with really no reason, but for missing, but the truth is that he probably was not feeling great and couldn't really explain like what was wrong with him physically, but he didn't look like himself. And Riley even alluded in the press conference that he wasn't in the best shape. And when you're hurt, it's hard to work out. It's hard to get into really good shape. And, yeah, I mean, people are going to laugh at me. But the truth is, as much as we might like or dislike Deion Waiters, that's a guy who could have helped you in a playoff series. A guy that can really play one-on-one basketball. What? Yeah, a guy down the stretch, the only person who could get their own shot was Wade. Who's Harry, they they weren't a Dion Waiters away from I mean, not, that no, 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 series. No. No. I'm not saying that they would have beaten the 76ers in the series with Dion. I'm saying that the whole season is different. Maybe you don't finish the sixth seed, maybe you're higher in the standings, maybe you get a better matchup, maybe you match up against LeBron and that terrible Cavs team and who the heck who the heck knows what happens. A motivated <laughs> Maybe I'm, Dion
2: is makes you worse and you're hashtag seven seed till you bleed.
3: I mean, maybe that too. I mean I'm just saying that a guy like Dion helps you in a playoff series where you need another defender to throw at a, at a really talented young team. And a guy that can get his own shot is valuable, regardless of if that shot isn't always the best shot. Uh, those things help you in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't, again, I have no idea why Riley signed Dion to a four year deal, knowing that his ankle was taped <laughs> together with, with bubble gum and uh, popsicle sticks. But, uh, you know, alluding, you know, no, not worrying about that. If he's healthy next year, he's he is a plus on the team.
2: I think the problem with Dion against the Sixers would have been size. Like Dion's not the biggest guy, so that would have been a really troublesome matchup for him. And then what you're doing is you're putting out lineups of Goran and Dion. Yeah, but you could you? That's, that's not Dion
1: against J.J. Redick would have been a lot better than what we had out there against J.J. Redick.
2: Well, because Tyler
1: was. just... Oh, Tyler! Was, I, I've never seen it before in my life. Like,
2: like, I mean, I, I know I clown him a lot, but, like, that was... Taxed. J.J. Redick like, was a threat was...
1: off the dribble all of a sudden. I didn't understand it.
2: But Tyler's not a bad defender, which Can is we... what surprised I mean, even before he got hurt, I
1: mean, Tyler was getting... Can we not pushed. rehash that series? Because I'm a... F- I... about to... No,
2: yeah, Harry's the one
1: that brought it <laughs> up. Like, I wanted to talk about all luxury right, listen, tax, listen, and listen, Harry's like, you, like all oh, all let's all talk all about Hassan and all injury. I say is the, luxury the tax talk is way worse than... <laughs>
2: No, but hold on. Wait a second. Well, mean, well let, let me just yeah, let me just right. say. Last, okay, yeah, may, maybe you're right.
3: <laughs> no, last year before Dion went down, Dion and Drogic were great together. Dion's ability to shoot make def- make defenses pay for him being out there, and it opened the lane for Drogic. You missed that when you have Tyler, who had a really inconsistent year, and then in the playoffs he couldn't find anybody. He couldn't he couldn't d up JJ Redick, who can do one thing, and he could no JJ Redick was making layups, so. I mean, at that point, you could have used Dion. It's, I'm not saying it would have changed. You know, maybe it goes from a five-game series to a six, but um, that's a guy who you spent some money on to do some things, and his ankle's made of paper mache. Well, no, Harry
1: do- Harry does have a point. I mean, as much as we, I mean, uh, Twitter today was a complete shit show. Um, people just lambasting Riley. I mean. How many years does he have one of his top two or three paid players out for the season? Like, how many times is that going to happen, and then we're we're going to act like he – like, okay, not a big fan of the Tyler contract anymore. Hashtag Gianni was right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of the Dion contract. But everything else, man, like, that's what I was arguing with people about today. Everything else, like, what – everyone keeps talking about the, the, the two first-round picks you gave up for Goron. Like, come on, dude. At the time, none of us were complaining about those first-round picks. No. You no, do have a strong lineup of Goron, Dwayne, Hassan, Deng, and Bosh. Give me that 9, 10, 15 times out of 15. Like, fuck that. That shit would have been dope, right? And that team without Bosh. Uh, wait, no, they missed that year. The next year, <laughs> that team without Bosh almost made the Eastern Conference final. So yeah. come on, let's let's like stop with the revisionist history bullshit. Like everyone, oh oh, Riley just gives up uh, draft picks. He gave them up for a good reason. Like Goron was a really really attractive player at that time. Like,
2: yeah, now and Alf, remember that that year that they got Goron, they were derailed with injury, not just from Bosch, but just like everybody on the team. To the point that there were days that they we thought they might only be able to dress six guys, like it was really bad. Like toward the end of that season, they were like a mess, decimated by injury. So like they didn't make the playoffs that year. That that was a good, you know, that was not a bad team. It's just they they almost still made it,
3: and it got us. It got us. Didn't that get us justice? It did get us it justice. Did.
2: We got so, that was the final game of the season. Spo was trying to tank it. And and Ro- Michael Beasley and Henry Walker went off. It that was, was at
4: Philly. At Philly, right?
2: Was it at Philly or at Orlando? I don't remember. Oh no, the Orlando game was the Henry Walker overtime. That that did was Goron's
1: right? little brother go off in that one. What what a time! Oh, that's They're right. Nuts. That
2: was Z- the Z- Z- Zoran legendary <laughs> game. Okay. They wrote an
1: article about that. <laughs> they yeah, did. It was, I was so it proud. An article of Zoran. like the last, the 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 last game with the season. Heroes like the the ringer. The you, ringer. Yeah,
2: you know almost... that's hanging
3: up. That's hanging up in Zoran's wall in Russia. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know it. Framed.
2: Oh, yeah. that's probably a great. Dude, that that that's funny. Um, uh, I just... no, but like, go ahead. Alf's right. Alf's absolutely right. Like at the time when Goran was acquired, like. They thought that that was. I remember on the TNT broadcast, they were like, "No, like this team's like legit right now." And Dwayne was a little younger, and Dwayne was still, you know, a, a little better and a little more athletic. And and then the next year, as Alf said, Eastern Conference Final contention. And everybody's gonna say, but Hassan and Boston never played well together. They were starting to oh, figure that, it out oh,
1: that, at the at the All Star break. They were starting to get together. Like that team was starting to come, especially the second year. Uh, the second time Bosch went down like Hassan and Bosch were starting to play together really well. So and, and, they never worked. They never got reps no. together.
2: They never like they didn't have enough like we've learned time and time again you just can't throw guys together. They need to gel and figure out. And unlike this Heat team, that Heat team was filled with smart guys. Chris Bosh, Luol Deng, Dwayne hey, like, Wade. Like that team had players. smart players.
4: I think the other thing about CB is that as his game uh, matured, he would have gotten even better as a stretch big. and it, uh, so I think that yeah, there the Dragic trade when you look at that roster, it made a lot of sense at that time. What doesn't make sense today in this present moment is that when you look at the roster, we have um obviously Hassan making big money where uh, Spo is obviously playing a style that is more conducive to Olinic and bam and uh and playing a little bit smaller in space uh we have uh 4292 shooting guards on the roster and that doesn't count the fact that Riley basically called Jay Rich a two guard today as well um so we, there there's just log jams throughout the entire roster so when we start to talk about the tax i think that that's where it gets interesting and um I don't really see a way that they can improve, even if you talk about spending the mid level exception, keeping guys that we, you know, like Wayne Ellington, or, or, or if they're going to pounce on a young player. Um, you know, I, I just don't know that they're going to be willing to pay that tax. So then you look at the roster and who are they going to trade? And as much as people maybe want to say that Riley is attached to Hassan, if Spo says he's not fitting the style of play and we have other guys, I just feel like that's the piece that's that's most logical to move, and then when you look at the two guards, um, it, you, it's really funny. Like, is Wade going to come back, and how does he fit in with when Dion is back? If Jay Rich's long term plans are at the two, you've got Tyler Johnson making nineteen million dollars, and Gianni's laughing at me about it. Uh, like, so, so there's a lot to work out. You got Rodney Magruder who can play the two. Um, so there, I just I don't think it's as easy as you can just run this team exactly back because it doesn't fit. The pieces don't fit. The guys who can play D, they can't play offense. The guys who can play offense can't really play D. That has to get figured out too. So it's not just uh, I don't think, I and mean, I know he alluded to I can't take off the whole summer, and he was kind of saying that saying that tongue in cheek. Um, they they got a lot of work to do.
3: And the can I have
2: a, I have a su- I have a suggestion, and you guys may laugh at me, but. Washington may be in the market for a new big, and I'm pretty sure they can probably make Otto Porter for Hassan work out numbers-wise, and I know you'd be taking on an extra year of money, but that fulfills the need that they have, yeah. a no, pro- who can yeah,
1: shoot. Yeah, that's the kind of guy they need, I mean, if we're going to be honest. That's
2: like perfect. We'll put Jay Rich in his natural position of two guard, and if you can give Hassan... Because Hassan's... like, I think the problem right now is... Like they don't have money in the correct places. I think if you look at the contracts, it's not that they're terrible. It's just that they're not distributed in the proper places. They don't have a wing scorer at all. Like they have Jay Rich, whatever, but like they don't have anybody at that position that's dependable. Not that Odd Porter is a world stopper, but they need a small forward that can play small forward, so that Jay Rich doesn't have to play small forward. And I think that they're honestly stunting Jay Rich's development because they're high on Jay Rich. And I think a lot of us are high on Jay Rich and he's probably going to be or he is an an all defense caliber player who can clearly score the ball. He was averaging around 15 points a game this year. Like if you put him in better positions, I think he's only going to get better and better. And a guy like Otto Porter, who's a who's a stretch guy who can put him in his natural position, who can help defensively take some of that responsibility off Jay Rich.
0: Yeah, to me, Jay Rich is
1: an off the ball scorer like on offense. That's where he needs to be. What and this is a question, and I think someone posed it to me. I I can't remember who it was, but if you decide to let go of Goron, and let's say a team like the Spurs will take him or who Detroit that we were talking about before we started the show, is justice good enough with Jay Rich as a two to be a starting point guard in this league? Like, why the hell not?
2: I think. F- the problem I see with that is kind of what we saw with J.J. this year, how when you start giving J.J. mass amounts of, like, ball responsibility, you know, the mistakes
1: are going yeah, to pile up. Keep... Yeah, give him those reps, Like, he had massive amounts of ball responsibility, and he did he did I not didn't... turn the ball over a lot.
2: I think he's fine as a backup point guard. I think the Heat showed, and I was very critical of that to start the year. I was like, they don't have a backup point guard. I think that's going to be a problem. But
1: as a transition to the next... With the next iteration of whatever the heat become, Justice playing starting point guard. I mean, I, I think it would be great for his development. And honestly, it's like what do you have to lose? Like, I mean, I have I have to have it like, in the kids, man. Play the kids as
2: much two, as in, possible. In year two, when they when they like gave him a lot of responsibility, he short circuited. Yeah. yeah, they gave him think, responsibility well, as, Deon, a score, as a score. Don't scorer, forget and about Dion. No, yeah, and Dion's gonna do a lot of the ball handling, and but I mean, I was talking about like a full time, like starting point guard. I think if they get rid of Goron, um, they don't have a draft pick this year, so it's not that they can draft a point guard. I think next year, I think that might be something to do. Um, I don't know. I doubt they can move any of these guys for a pick. Um, no, uh, they might, they might. If they get rid of Goron, what they might do is sign a veteran point guard or something. Whoever's on the market, and then, but they, they're going to want to run. So. You
3: need if you're if you're getting rid of Goron, you need a point guard that can shoot. I mean, you need a guy that can space the floor. That's really the issues that you're having, especially when you throw out the lineup that that Spo was throwing out. And I like Justice as a point guard. I don't know if I want him as my full-time point guard. I'm per- I like him as a bench player. I like that mean dog attitude that he had in this postseason. Uh, the the junkyard dog. I think that's what you want from him. And who cares if he's on the bench or whatever? Just play him his thirty minutes, his thirty-five minutes, and let let him flourish. You know, um, I will never get over Spo benching Justice for Gerald Green in that playoff series. I still have no idea what 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 <laughs> Spo is what Spo is thinking. Um, But let this kid play. He's shown you that he's gotten better every year. Um, hopefully, he can continue shooting a decent percentage from three with more reps. And let his game, like if, if this kid spends the summer finishing out how how to finish at the basket and not have these weird yips where he just throws it as hard as possible at the square, uh, he's going to be a really good player. Um, is he going to be the guy that we maybe we all expected at number 10? I don't know. I think the expectations were way too high coming in. He probably needed a, a season or two, a, another season at Duke. But listen, you're not going to tell a kid not to take money when he can, and he's going to be really good. You have to be patient. You just talked about Otto Porter five minutes ago. Otto Porter's first three years in the league were trash, trash. Yep. He was a, He was a giant flaming pile <laughs> of garbage. And then year four, he was like, wait a second. I kind of am understanding this game. The game slows down a little bit, and now Otto Porter, Rozier, yeah. Look, we made fun of we made fun of Terry Rozier. We called him all different names, and look at him yeah. now. I mean, I let mean if you sc- didn't
1: see if you didn't see Justice turn a corner in that playoff series, I mean, I don't know what you were watching, right? And
2: he was their second best. So player. that's
1: my biggest thing about Clearly. this off season, and I don't know how you get it done, or if you can get it done. I know I'm not saying tank. I'm not team tank season, but I am team youth movement, right? if you can get some of these older players off the books and i'm talking about everybody and no sentimental no sentimental shit like get everybody off the books right if you can you so, probably uh, can't but i mean right now the whole, everything should be focused on j rich justice and bam if for nothing else for next summer for them to be huge trade pieces ready. asset hey, so we
2: had we we had Evan Cohen, our good friend of the show, Evan Cohen. He emailed us some uh, heat summer plans because he needs to get this takeout. Um, and I know Leif was talking about how Melo might make a little sense for them. One of the trades that Evan suggested was James Johnson and TJ for Carmelo and Kyler Singler. Uh, Kyle Singler. Because Melo's going to want out. OKC, yeah. yeah, OKC's can't get players to stay. James Johnson and Tyler are on longer deals, which might you know, help them long term to have some you know, pretty good players locked in and improve their defensive versatility so that that may be something mellow on a one-year heat deal i don't know how you feel i mean evan suggested that i don't see why oklahoma city would want to do that but i think that works out really nicely for miami because you would get rid of the two two of the biggest problems that they I, have. I
4: think jj is more valuable to miami um from a locker room perspective than other teams uh would value him. And I, so I don't see them coming off of him. I think that that's like one of the few contracts that they're going to ride out. Um, it's more about like a, a Carmelo trade makes sense to me if you're moving Hassan. You did not like
2: that deal re- for Miami? Well, like, yeah, I mean, I thought that
4: economically was- I like it, but I just don't know that it's actually um, realistic because I think that they are going to see JJ kind of, um, uh, they want to see him through in terms of uh, leadership in the locker room uh and that kind of stuff and i know that that's the kind of shit that some people get upset about cuz you know the whole heat culture thing but i think that uh, a mellow trade is more about getting off of tj or hassan money than it is uh getting rid of a of of an olinic contract that runs 4 years but or you got to uh, give them uh, something
2: right no, yeah, you have to. I mean, like to take Tyler, like that's going to be, and you don't want to give a pick. by well, yeah, no, and
4: and Hassan in a three-team scenario was more of where I was going with that idea initially. I actually um,
2: probably think this deal, but with Olenek, maybe makes more sense because that would be something that
4: that uh, Oklahoma
2: City you're gonna could have really you're use. gonna have
4: to pry Olenek out of Spo's dead fingers. He is not man.
1: He's Olenek, dude. Get oh, out stop, of here. dude. He was great this year great
4: no he was good but he's just kelly Williams. no and i know and if you're getting Kawhi leonard or you're getting like
2: no no if you're getting rid of that tyler money you get rid of Olynyk and his like i'm like I that's, think a, that, that's like, a
1: I like i said i'm like, married in, i'm not married to anybody on this team except like, the only guys i want back are the three young guys and wade like everybody else.
3: but I, yeah, I agree. But the issue is that Melo was such a cancer for OKC. Plus, he still—I believe he still has—he could still use a no-trade clause because it goes with the contract. That Melo ain't gonna say no to coming no, here. No, no, Come no. no on, he could—he could hijack that whole offseason for them. He can decide like where he wants to play, and if they don't—if they don't do it where he wants, he can just opt in, and they'll probably have to eventually cut him the way that the Bulls had to cut weight. I mean, that's—they owe him twenty-eight million dollars next year the bulls owed owed Wade like 24 I mean and he took a Not at that no so what I'm saying is that Melo could say listen I mean if you ship, you could ship me here 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 but if none of those guys offer you something you want you better cut me because I'm gonna sit here and chuck up 30 shots a game get fat and not play defense
2: so you know but if Dwayne if Dwayne comes back and Melo says eh, I want to go there like on a one year I think that, you know, if you can offload some contracts, you make that agree. No, I agree with you. I would
3: do the TJ and JJ. I I like the way JJ played in the postseason. I think he showed what you were kind of thinking you would get from him in the regular season. And it's possible that he was just kind of worried the whole year about, you know, what his role was and being the captain. And finally, for some reason, he forgot about it come come playoff time. But, yeah, I mean... cuz the real captain came back. It's possible. look Wade had a positive effect on a lot of people on the team. You you know how I feel about Wade and how he left. I didn't really like it, but besi- the only guy that Wade really negatively impacted or it seemed like was Richardson, but it's also possible that Richardson was just exhausted because Spo was playing him 35 minutes a game in the first half of yeah. the season. It's-
4: wait, he did? Doesn't it feel like Spo and Riley are not on the same page? I mean, I hate to say that out loud yeah. cuz y'all know me, man, but like yeah. like you see the way Spo managed the rotation, managed the minutes, managed shots, managed roles, all of that it kind was, of stuff. It was like and then you see contract. Riley sitting up there and, and Riley's like, yo. <laughs> like Riley's like, yo, I gave you all these players, like like you've got a full deck of cards and Spo's like, no, I don't cuz this one deck can't even play more than 10 minutes. Like and I just feel like there's a big elephant in that room and maybe it's it, it's um it's smaller than I'm making it out to be. No, at least it's, it's a I conversation do, I... but
1: Leif, I do agree with you because as you were t- you were talking about roster construction before and how the pieces don't fit. It's almost like s- sixty seventy percent of the roster is based upon what Spo wants to do, and then there's like another twenty thirty forty percent of the roster that is like, "The fuck are these guys doing here?" <laughs> 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 like, what? Like, is it just Hassan and Jay Rich no, though? No, Jay, Jay Rich
4: fits. fits. Yeah. Jay, Jay Bridge, I like mean, I'm
1: sorry, JJ, Dion, JJ, 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 JJ. Uh, not JJ so much, but like, because JJ is like quintessential Spo guy, right? Plays like four positions, yeah. but uh, Dion, uh, Hassan, uh, like it, it just seems like T, like TJ on that Habit. big contract where you know you, you don't have a lot of flexibility. It was like I don't know, it, it just it just it's like it's almost like you could see the Harrison guys, the Riley guys, and then the Spo guys. Like it's almost like
3: you could draw a delineation between. Who had whose back almost? Um, it does. It does. It does seem like a couple of years ago when they were, you know, when Wade left and they signed Derek Williams and JJ and Dion and they and Spo turned that into a forty-one and forty-one team that barely missed the playoffs because of a tiebreaker. And Spo was like, "Look what I can do with Spo, all of this Spo with and Dion. all of this." And then Riley was like, OK, do it again, but sign them to much longer term contract. And it just and it just seems like Spo is this Spoh is a wizard with what he can do with marginal and almost crappy talent. And then for some reason, Riley was just like, let's like, run it back. Do it again. I, you know, and it, and it just seems like there there might be a small disconnect like Riley's love for Hassan and the big man. When the truth is, it doesn't seem like Spo wants to be positionless. He doesn't want to have to worry about. And he, you think Spo wants to coddle Hassan? I'll never forget that scene in the postseason where Hassan looked like he just found out that his dog died, you know, minutes the dog. And you were just, it was just, and Spo was there in right. his ear, just like coddling a grown man who has uh, someone his, fighting his Twitter wars for him anyway. So, we know Hassan is is not all there, but Spo doesn't want to be dealing with that anymore. Hassan's gone. I don't care I what
4: Hassan's done. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are, are we really being serious? That like people actually think that Spo is about to come back next season and coach that cat and like have to like have conversations with him all throughout the season. And go through this bullshit where it's like, I didn't get enough minutes, I didn't get enough shots, and he's talking about the little things and 1% better. It's like, are we really going to do this shit again? Because as a Heat fan, I'm tired of it. I, I, I don't want to listen to it anymore. Um, and I just can't picture them bringing them back together again. So that's where I think that that's, you know, therein lies where the uh, the transaction shall come.
2: Le- Leif, what's that intervention going to be like that Riley no- um, noted to today in his press conference?
4: I feel like they've already had a little bit of that at the deadline. I think that there was a lot of talk of, um, you know, from Hassan's camp about play me or trade me. And, um, and Riley wants, he wants the Hassan thing to work because that was his big find. And then he like, that was the whale that he thought he was um, signing and then developing. And it was, I mean, he literally could be the greatest example of heat culture in the history of the sport for us. You know what I mean? Like that is the greatest example of it, of literally coming up. Through nothing and and carving out an elite career, and it just hasn't panned out that way. And Spo is he's already kind of the sale he set sail on that deal, and I don't know that Riley wants to admit that mistake.
2: That's kind of like no, go ahead. No,
3: I was gonna say like I made a joke when uh, Hassan first complained about his minutes that you know Spo was already raising a toddler at home. He doesn't really need to raise a second one, and the truth is that it gets to a point where. Spo needs to win, you know, he he's there to win basketball games. And um and he's managed some of the toughest personalities before ever. I mean, it doesn't matter what anyone says, coaching LeBron is not easy. LeBron has destroyed coaching careers. Where I mean, we don't even know where David Blood is anymore. He's somewhere in Europe. Um, you know, the Knicks are trying to bring him back because they're the I mean, Knicks. But, for
1: the Knicks job.
3: Yeah, I mean, because the Knicks are great, but um Spo <laughs> Spo has really uh, really done a good job with personalities, and I think if he's gotten tired of Hassan shtick, then what, so should we, and we shouldn't we shouldn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, but we're not gonna have so a choice. Animosity. The problem is
1: we're not gonna. I I think they would trade him for a bag of fucking chips right now. Like I really do. I think any kind. I think he would be traded for cap relief. I think they want to try to get something for him. But at the end of the day, if somebody will give them like a late second rounder. And $50 cash. Like, he's gone. Like, a, a, a nice bag of nickels. And, <laughs> and a, like uh, a uh, different I,
4: purchase.
1: <laughs> I
2: legitimately think that the way that this postseason played out kind of worked out for them. Milwaukee going down early and also Washington. Because those are two teams that would be in the market for a guy at his position that would have contracts to give What have worked out so, for them
1: is him showing his ass, showing out in like, a, he showed his ass. If he showed out in the playoff series, like, that would have been... Can I, can I say something all that about shit that?
0: And Embiid
4: fucking dotted his ass up.
1: Nah, but remember... No, let me... No, no. I will have Hassan's back. He did not dot yeah, I was about Embiid, to say. Hassan up at all. Like, he didn't do shit versus Hassan. B's old fumbling, bumbling, mumbling ass. Fuck him. I meant
4: more body of work. You know what I mean? Like, okay. he... I,
1: I'm not talking one-on-one. Hassan had Embiid taking
2: jumpers.
4: Dude. No, no like, and he has historically played him very well. But, I mean, when you look at the averages for the series and impact on the series, I think it's hard to argue that um, Embiid didn't obviously outplay Hassan. That's where I'm going no, with that.
2: completely. And the impact defensively, Hassan, was unless it was Embiid, it was kind of non-existent. I agree. Brian, you got a promo for us? Brian,
3: I was actually messaging in chat. Give me a second.
2: Oh my god! Wait, <laughs> wait to produce Brian. these. These um, transitions are just excellent. I thought that'd be a perfect time for a promo. I look at Brian. I was like, "Play a promo," and he just stares back blankly, like, "What?" And I had to repeat myself because he totally wasn't listening. Jesus Christ! Well, um, why, well,
3: okay, well. So, hold on. While while Brian's figuring out what to do with his life, um, <laughs> we. What what I was gonna say not not to get into a deep deep luxury tax discussion because it's pretty boring but the thing that with the heat is they're I think sometimes they're, they're they could they could come to the season as a tax team if they don't make a ton of moves to get rid of some cap and then Riley kind of alluded to it earlier that Andy is a wizard man they'll let Andy they'll they'll give Andy till the trade deadline to get under the tax that they had to they did that a few years ago with the Mario Chalmers trade so I mean they're listen that's the thing if you go into the team. If you go into the season as a tax team, you might not end up a tax team. And I think whether they paid or not will probably depend on how the season's going. I mean, a big reason why they might be a tax team is because Tyler's contract is jumping up, which is technically Mickey Harrison's fault. So it'll be up to him to decide if they want, if he's going to, you know, bite the bullet and pay it, or if they need to get under the tax.
2: The Ellington thing is also interesting because he may have played themselves into a reasonable price range, but it would probably be at a tax price. So. If I'm them, I mean obviously it's not my money. I, I would keep him. I think I think he's good. I think he helps them. And I think if I think if they make the right moves, I legitimately think, w- depending on what LeBron does, they could do a couple right moves and be like a three or four seed. Like the East is not like these world. They, they weren't There's that two good They teams weren't that the-
1: far off from that this year, but.
2: Like clearly, I think Philadelphia and Boston for the next whatever years are going to be leading the conference, and then if LeBron goes west or if LeBron does whatever, like it's going to, you know what I mean. So they have a chance to be a competitive Atlanta Hawks' team, you know, uh, for the, while they ride out these contracts. I mean, but Leif, uh, I mean, we got we got to be honest here. Like, like they're not, we're not out here in a position to contend. Like you just hope they can make the second round, you know, a couple of times in the span, like got to make it fun. We will
3: have more fans than the Atlanta Hawks. So that'll be, that,
4: that'll that be you, something that regardless. You think that they're kind of positioning themselves for an off season, two, three seasons down the line, and they kind of don't want to tip that hand. So they're just going to play the, we're staying flexible on the trade market card, but really it's about. It wouldn't sp- be the first time, yeah. but
2: I, I mean, I think, I think we all questioned the summer last year, and um, it 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 would appear that it it's bad. What they did, I understand. We'll, we'll, I mean, but how bad was give, it really?
1: There's one bad contract. Man, like, I mean, stop. What it was bad. I, I know. Like,
2: stop. I know. Like, we we I do know, this thing. No, we'll, hold on, Alf. I know, but the thing is, is that they gave. If you give any one of those guys that deal, it's fine. They just gave it to too many of them, and now they're stuck. But they're stuck, the stuck in what
1: can't they do? Like, what could they have done if they, you know what I mean? Like, what is out there? And if, if, I mean, first of all, no one knew the Kawhi thing was going to happen. And there's a bunch of guys, like, the guys that well, are.
2: That's why you say, hold on, wait a second. That's their motto. You never know what's going to happen,
1: which is why you say flexibility. But the guys that are coming on like, that, are, that are available, like, are you going to pay $40 million for some of these guys? Like, John Wall, like, I want. I was thinking about John Wall, but John Wall's going to be, like, $40 million. Like.
2: Yeah, you do
1: that. What What do you think? I mean, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. wait. John Wall needs a star in the team. Because you don't have nobody else when you're paying John Wall $40 million. Alf, Alf if, if, if John Wall, the there's Jones only, th- and Dexter Walton, Judy, there's only whatever his name is.
2: There's only three guys I could take you as a title if you want to do that. I mean, it's LeBron, it's Duran, it's Steph, like maybe, and Harden. And that's it. And Kawhi. Right? And Kawhi. I guess. I just think
3: you're damned. I think you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Like the year that they lost weight, everyone was pissed off Mm -hmm. because they went. They tried to get Kevin Durant, which they never had. Everyone tells you was a pipe dream, and they never ever had a chance. And then this, and then last year they doubled up on their players because the Heat liked to reward uh, players that did well under them. And it seems like yeah, they probably handed out too many of these long term contracts, and they're kind of. Stuck in no man's land. But I think there are ways out. I think you could trade Hassan for a bag of chips, which gets twenty-five million dollars off the books, and hopefully those chips are tasty. And then if you move Goron
2: Hopefully that chip is Jabari Parker.
3: Or if you move Goron for another smaller contract, you free up some room. If you use that space to re-sign Ellington at a low price and go after a young guy who's like who's who showed out this year, like a Mary Hazonia with the mid-level. Like you've improved that team. You assume that Jay Rich and Justice and Bam will take leaps. Hopefully, Spo yep. lets Bam look at the basket next year. That'll be a big improvement. And you that's all you gotta do. And that's what they when they say internal improvement, it's a way to be like, listen, we expect our guys to get better, but we're always open for other moves. For anyone to look at that and think that the Heat are just gonna stay completely still. I mean, listen, they might have to stay still, but to think that the front office is not working to make better moves is stupid and if you think that way and i don't mean it in like you know the way we say but seriously you should go find another team if you're going to be pissed <laughs> off every year you don't win a championship because we're, we're a super successful franchise we've only been around for 30 seasons and we've won three championships that's amazing um riley is one of the best to ever do it whether it's coaching or gm could is he on the way out of course like he's getting to a point where he would probably love to go spend time with his wife and his grandchildren and his children but like, if he's still around, you you hopefully expect him to do the best he can. And if it's not working out anymore, he will walk away, and the franchise is still in good hands. I don't know why we freak out over every and everything he says. I mean, if if we believed everything Riley said, it's, so he's done so many other moves. Like, just let it work Dude, itself. He
1: lies. He lies in every one of these press conferences. Like he just flat <laughs> out that's, lies. That's to that's damn true. Like he lies. Like. Why are people surprised, like, by what he says? Like, he lies all the time. And, and and Harry, what you're saying is right. And sometimes we get bogged down in these details. Like, that's why I was getting pissed off about the luxury tax talk. Like, like these dudes always find a way. Like, they always figure out something. It's been four years since they've been in title contention. Like, other franchises go decades. Like, everyone calm the hell down. Like, they were, they, they were just in the playoffs this year. Two years ago, they were a game away from Eastern Conference championship. Like, let's—they were a game away from the finals. See, we
4: know fans, they would have
1: beaten LeBron
2: in the conference finals.
4: Shit. We know Heat fans talk shit like they want to be the Suns with the assets and the draft picks. Well, and then they make fun of anybody who says that. We tell them that they can't handle it, but like go through a Casie Pal season or a um, you know like these years where you've got Blake like after- Ahern. Yeah, Blake Ahern thats another great name Um, of the Vladimir Stepanya years. Like, come on, like if you experience that for a couple of seasons, you um, you will change your tune. Uh, And I I don't know. I just look at all those other franchises and I don't necessarily say, wow, what a great position Phoenix is in or Minnesota is in. And I know you look at the roster and you like on them young players. But 10 years from now, we're going to be doing this podcast. We're probably not going to be making very much more money than we are now. And we're going to be saying we're Minnesota be making is more the same damn team that they are now. Brand,
1: certain still th- in the same place. X Miami
2: yep. Co. is going to blow up. And they've been our partner since the beginning. So, you know, we're going to be filthy rich. Um, I do want to move off this because we still have a lot of other things to get to. And we have promos that we need to play. And Brian cut up a bunch of sound that I feel bad that we haven't played yet. So, Brian, could you please play a promo? On the latest edition of the 5 Reasons Podcast, Ethan and I go over the latest NBA storylines and try and figure out how the
3: hell the Indiana Pacers took the Cavs' seven games. I mean, this was the team that was pushing the Cavs. A star player who was traded twice in one year. A point guard who was a backup for the Kings two years ago. For the Kings. The third guy was arguably the least talented of the two Bogdanoviches. (laughs) They had a power forward uh, and Thad Young was on his fourth team in five years. And then they had Lance. Okay, who who since who since he was last with Indiana has played for five teams? I mean, that's not that long ago, Chris, that he was in those series against the Heat, right? Hey, like, can the, I try and
2: name them? So he's in Memphis, mm-hmm. Sacramento, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he ever stop with a New York team? Was he in Brooklyn? I think he was with Minnesota, but what? I'll I I will. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, hold on. to the basketball I, reference page. Be sure to subscribe to the Five Reasons podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. I'd like to let you guys know that Ethan told me to make our promo thirty seconds, and his felt like ten minutes.
3: To the basketball, to the basketball reference page should be a uh... that should be Witty's bio to the basketball (laughs) or a a T-shirt. I would wear that,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Brian. Because now we got we got to stuff a bunch of promos in. This week on the Balls Cast, the, the bean is up top. Yes. Up top. Top level. Bean. Do we really need to tell that to people? People need to fucking know because they don't know. Oh my God. Sorry. That's not true.
3: It's true. You gotta focus on the clit or the bean, as Chris calls it. Yeah. It's up top. That's just how I talk to my uh, nine year old when I talk about pussy with him. Not surprised The at bean's all.
2: up top, buddy. <laughs> it's right on top. Jack and the beanstalk, you see. It's actually about. It's about a vagina. Yeah. It's about this big green vagina. Right. So do your homework, brush your teeth. Remember, the bean's up top, (laughs) just like my little
5: bean. And I put them on the top bunk. Subscribe to the Ballscast today so you can hear things that make Ethan Skolnick (laughs) very very nervous. nervous.
2: The ending of that was funny. I still have no idea what Ballscast is about, but check them out.
1: (laughs) You don't know what a bean is either, but let's move on.
2: I don't know what a bean is. I've never, I don't know what a bean I don't know what anything they're talking about is. I've never seen any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Very confused. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> I'm as lost as Riley is with Draft. Picks. Oh, my I God.
3: Know. I just I muted know. myself because the sounds that were coming out of my mouth were just... <laughs> could not believe.
5: All we need is another 16th round pick this year. Correct? Is that what it would be? 16? Yeah, That's yeah. so all we need is another young player this year. We had enough. We had a good young core of players. So we hope, we hope that one of the guys that we really like, that we can sign up to out of first, you know, might be turning them out to a first-round pick for us this year. So to be really honest with you, I'm not a draft pick guy. You know that. You know, I've taken the team to the bottom. We got young players. You know, you don't want to have too many young players. And you take a look at a lot of these teams that are, like, rebuilding, you know, I mean, All you need in this town is five years of what Philadelphia went through. My feeling on draft picks, yes, they're valuable. They're valuable. And they're valuable to trade for veteran players that have talent.
1: So wait, wait. He was being completely sarcastic when he said, all you need in this town is five years of what Philly went through. Because basically he's saying, my arena would be fucking empty, bro. I could not. Do that, <laughs> I'd get fired. I'd get fired. Like when, when we say Heat fans, I mean, anybody are not built...
4: gets fired, they all get fired. That's the whole point. Hinky got fired. Yeah, but it when I,
1: when we when, when we say Heat fans are not built for the tank, Riley just said that. Like that was complete sarcasm. Like all we need is five years of what Philly went through in this town. Yeah, dude, that thing would be empty like that... Marlin Stadium, dude. It'd be it'd be.
2: I'm surprised that that uh, that uh, that, uh, that like press room did not erupt in laughter when he said, yeah, I don't really like draft picks." <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah,
4: we know How about the July 1st um, comment. Who is he signing on on day one on July 1st? Quarter. Is that Mario Hezonia? Are
2: we high on him? Do we want him? I
4: don't know. I don't know. Who don't else be okay. would be the equivalent Do we need of more a guards? Draft no, he's a three. I don't, I don't he's a know.
2: Three. Is he a three? I
4: thought he was a point guard. Oh my gosh! Are you are you being serious right now? A no, am I thinking of the wrong guy from the okay, Orlando Magic? Anyway, um, I legit. Don't I just. Know.
2: Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I was thinking of somebody. I legit else. don't oh, know who oof. that is.
1: I'll be honest with you. I don't don't. Yeah, you could show me some Bogdanovich. I'd be like, yeah, that's a Zonia, whatever his name is.
4: <laughs> Zonya. I just don't know who else would be the equivalent of a draft pick this summer that we could sign on July first. Jabari Parker
1: i like to be good. But is he re- is he wrong? Like all you need is a a first rounder every other year. Like, is he wrong?
2: Uh, yeah, I think he's wrong. Yeah, I but, mean, hey, but, the NBA kind of has... wrong.
3: Well, the NBA forces you to have a first round pick every other year. It's not like it's his choice.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so... like, Riley, right? That, 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 <laughs> that, came,
2: that came from a bitter place. Brian stumbled onto something that came from a resentful place in his heart because <laughs> damn it if i could trade them all i would. I mean
1: how many of these teams are loaded with first round picks uh, anyway, I mean, the one that just beat them and you can be yeah okay dude it's such a one-all i mean there's such a and then the one that they're playing in the second round oh that's true that's ball- but they also had to stockpile like five picks per first round to stumble on one or two uh good draft picks like
2: that's how that's not how works man listen i i think like we can't like we can sit up here and say everything we want like Yeah, this is what we can say. I've been a A Heat fan since 1990,
4: and since that time, since 1990, if you have been a Sixers or Celtics fan in that same period, you have not experienced more fun, more winning, more championships, more all of the good stuff than you are as a Heat fan. So I'm going to stick with our process and bleep off about it. Okay,
2: so we're running out of time and we still have not gotten to Ilya stupid comments. Brian, do you have that sound or should we just talk I have you? the sound. Play the sound.
0: Empty. I mean, when I You know, when it was in Miami, it was you know, gym was half empty. But I mean, those kind of things, you know, we not expect. But I mean, when you go to Boston, you will feel it, you know. And uh, even you know, during the regular season, you know, when you play that, you know, the arena is full and you know, the really commitment fans. But it's why we're to kind of steal one game out there, at least one, you know. C-
4: Goodness, C- uh, jokes, dog. Oh, no, like I was thing. like, like I was you like, like you know I'm you done.
1: That motherfucker can't see past his own forehead. That ridge of his fucking eyebrow covers half of his sight. What the fuck would he know is going on in the stands? He can barely see five feet in front of his face, that fucking Eddie Munster-looking bitch. Kiss my ass, bro. Don't ever fucking open your mouth about Miami, you fucking Aki bitch. Fuck him. Fucking Urson Ilyasova, dude. Get a little bit of fucking success. You're going to run your fucking mouth. you play for the goddamn Hawks, dude. I've been to fucking Hawks Arena, dude. There's like four oh, people in that Hawks. He has no fucking idea. Oh, what a fucking loser! Fuck that guy, man. That's why I fuck. Dude's name is I've never, I've never root for real
0: right now, dog. Urson, Urson, Urson.
4: name is Urson. I like. That's
1: why I I I fucking want this. I would never root for the Celtics, but I want them to fucking beat the living shit out of that shit talking nothing team. Like, dude, we have no superstars. You're supposed to have like two of the greatest fucking young players of all time, and needed Bellinelli and Urson Ilyasova to be us. Fuck that team! I they fucking get swept. Fucking Urson Ilyasova, looking like fucking Frankenstein's monster. Fucking loser He's been fucking bolts in his neck. Stupid. Anyway, that's just
2: Tell us how you really feel. That was, that was, that was, that was, I think I think I think, think you. I think more than anything about pictures of the arena or anything. I think that what you just said encapsulates everything. Saw D Wade had our back. Quote: He quote tweeted the ESPN video of, uh, of Ilyasova saying that, and he goes, "Heat Nation, let me apologize for this man that most of you don't even know. He True. doesn't know any better
0: because he's I a think fucking to, dog. T-
2: dog. He just called him a random scrub. Like D Wade just called Ilyasova this
3: random scrub. I think if we're being objective, it probably is harder to play in Boston, but that's because you're either... Harrison, that, what are you... Just let shut up! finish my statement. You're either worried that the floor is going to collapse into a sinkhole because the Boston Garden is the oldest fucking arena and it's a piece of shit, or you're worried that you're going to be hit with a battery because there's a <laughs> bunch of racist assholes up there who want to who fucking see you die. So that is a home, well, not is a so home court advantage. Eliasova doesn't have to worry about batteries and The worst in thing in Miami is either you see a beautiful woman who's going to distract you for a few minutes or that crazy woman who flicked off Joaquim Noah. I mean, those are the things you got to worry about. That's not a real distraction. Or you, Cocaine. Or you got to
4: worry about sniffing an eight ball on a Friday night. Urson doesn't
1: go out. He goes back to his fucking coffin until the next game. <laughs> <laughs> he goes home and charges
3: himself like an electric car.
1: Yeah, they throw batteries at him. He fucking eats them.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.